I should not have drunk the blackberry wine. It slid violet through my veins and pricked sharp thorns at the nape of my neck. I thought it would calm me, focus my mind on the task at hand, but the opposite was true. I felt loose and reckless, jittering with nerves. I curled my hands tighter around my cup, fighting the brambles, nettling at my fingertips. Served me right for drinking on duty. More wine, Conla Rechmer, Prince of Fannin, leaned forward in his fur-draped seat. He sloshed a carafe of purple liquid and flashed me an expectant smile. Or do I need to offer you something stronger to make you take off that cloak you're hiding under? By now the wine had travelled to my face, and I fought a flush, not of girlish embarrassment, but of fury. He had the audacity to speak to me like I was some timid strumpet. I could break his neck without breaking a sweat. My wine-spiked blood pounded between my ears, hot with the prospect of violence. I reminded myself that Conla didn't know what I was capable of, and if I had any sense, I'd keep it that way. The tent was too warm, the fire roaring to ward off late autumn's chill. I would have preferred it cold, a bite of frost to keep me alert. I forced myself to count off the steps of my mission through the fevered muddle of my thoughts. One, get to the carafe of wine. Two, drug the wine. Three, smother Conla's unconscious face in his mound of seduction furs, if I had time. Four, find the prince's captive Darig. Five, bring the wicked creature to my mother. I took a deep breath, even as I pressed a thumb against the bracelet I wore around my wrist, a woven circle of dried poison ivy, nettle and bramble. It dug into the tender ring of irritated skin below it. The flare of pain untangled the snarl of my thoughts. I undid the clasp of my heavy woolen cloak, dropping it to the floor before my skin could prickle with sharp thorns. Without the outer garment, the air was blessedly cooler on my bare arms and exposed collarbones. I looked up through my lashes at Conla, gauging his reaction to my kirtle, or lack thereof. The sheer forest green silk was striking against my pale skin and did little to disguise my physique. The thin shoulder straps were unnecessary, considering how tight I'd cinched the bodice, accentuating my modest curves and slender waist. The high slit in the skirt left little to the imagination. It achieved the desired effect. Conla's eyes widened, then darkened. He shifted in his chair. I fought the urge to shudder at the vulgar anticipation slicking his gaze. Truthfully, I could have worn a grain sack or a few judiciously placed oak leaves. Conla wanted me, with or without the clinging dress, and I'd known it since that morning. For the past fortnight, all the underkings and noblemen of Fola had been camped near Rathnamara, the High Queen's capital, to participate in the Enoch Talchen, funeral games held to celebrate and mourn kings of Fola. This year's assembly honoured the late underking of Adon and crowned his heir. For the first few days, the High Queen, Etna Imanyan, my adoptive mother, 
had presided over the creation of new laws, followed by a great funeral pyre in the king's honour. Then the games had begun, trials of physical and mental prowess that allowed young warriors and poets the opportunity to prove their strength, valour and wit.